the lumber town of Otari, with its storied past and a fair share of sinister secrets, has been fairly quiet in recent decades. Over the 400 years since its inception, the surrounding area has been the launching pad for many famous adventurers, and as a result, most of the ancient ruins have been fully explored, much of their mysteries already solved. But when the mysterious gauntlet, an eerie landlocked lighthouse, begins to glow with a baleful light, the people of Otari suspect it's an ominous prelude to sinister events. The call goes out for a new band of heroes to save the day. Those heroes are... Mukta. One's path in life may shift like the sands. You have to adapt or be buried. Halarmony Higgins. Can I play something for you? New Lara. Hey, I know that it's scary, but you have to get up. Okay? Take my hand. Very good. Let's go. Clovis. Nature is not to be put in order. Nature is order. It is for us to put ourselves in unison with this order. The time has come to enter the Abomination Vaults, Ruins of Gauntlet. Welcome back to the Ruins of the Gauntlet. What would you guys like to do first? So uh, maybe we should go back to the skeleton room uh, and look around some more. I can uh, still see some magic. We are not going to get the shiny then. I think we should. As Mukta's looking towards uh, Tangletop. Yeah, Tangletop. Big, bushy, like, kind of blonde hair is just, like, kind of wringing its hands and, like, looks pretty anxious to get its shiny. So, my little friend, Titi, uh, can you describe to me the room that we're going into? Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I went in. I was only in there momentarily, but it looked to be like a workshop of some sort, only it had been completely destroyed, almost as if somebody or something had gotten in there and just tore it. Like, it motions, and you can see, like, this room you're in is pretty much torn through. It makes this look like child's play. Um, so the whole thing is, it's very, like, dangerous and uneven footing to even walk across. And in the middle was this weird doll with a beak for a face and wings that the minute I, the minute I like entered, it turned to turn his attention to me. And I just like, you know, use my dancing lights to distract it and ran. Uh, were you trying to be sneaky when you entered the room? I was not. Unfortunately, I didn't expect there to be a bird doll just standing guard. So. And he says, well, if you're also, if you're looking to be stealthy, I did manage to notice that the, like the dome ceiling above, like did have crack and was open up to the sky. So you could theoretically like descend into the room. But the object that I want, it's on the far Southern wall. How big is the area? Do you remember? It like puts its hands out and says about this wide, by that wide. And it's like stretching its arms pretty wide, maybe like 20, 25 <laughs> feet. 
What do you guys think? Should we just brute force it, or would it be safer that we stealth in and ambush it the same way we did with the ghosts? I'm always up to trying to sneak my way in, but whatever the group wants, huh? Perhaps you should uh, have a look from the top. Hmm. Uh, maybe you can climb up there. Yeah, do some reconnaissance. <laughs> it's very smart. And I look at Mukta. <laughs> of course, my friend. Climbing is no problem. Do you, do you need me to help you with the climb, Mukta? Uh, we'll see first how this wall looks uh someone will have to for in order for you to help me i think you would have to climb up first yes or i could boost you up in case it's too high not sure mukta is gonna go outside and just kind of see get a layout of where would be kind mm -hmm. of the best place to climb so you do see like the whole room kind of looks octagon shaped, right? This specific room has like a wooden dome built over the top. And much like Tangle Top says, you can see like parts of the wood has fallen over the years. You, if you were to just like, you could even climb like right where you are and like walk across the top of this like stone roof over to it. It wouldn't be that hard for you to do. And it's only like a 10 foot climb. It's not even that hard. Like the, the keep has like higher walls. It's a little more fortified, but back here doesn't seem to be. So is the plan to use a grappling hook to go up, like grapple hook up and climb? Or is it like just, you know, get a boost and climb up the, the side of the, the walls? The stone, it's like the stones are sticking out enough that you could probably do it without a rope. And it'd be a lot cool, more quiet than using a grappling hook. A little harder to climb, but more quiet. Mukta will try to climb the stones without the grappling. And then, uh, Nulara, you were going to attempt to boost? Uh, no, right. I'll just watch him from afar. Okay. Yeah, so in this case, Mukta, let's see if you can give me a, a, an athletics check to climb up the side of the wall. You're moving up about 10 feet. Um, the DC for this straight up with no rope hanging down the side is probably just going to be a 15. Nice. Ooh. So within, like, the first action of your turn, right? So if you really think about it, right, you get three actions in a turn and it's one action to climb. So one in two seconds, you'd go halfway up the wall, which is pretty good. Keep the rolls coming. If you fall now, now you're actually falling and taking fall damage, though, is the, the danger. Um, 11. It's a failure, but it's not a critical failure. So you just make no progress. Nice. And in one swift six second second motion, Mukta goes up the side of the up the side of the stone kind of cobble wall onto the roof, and has achieved redemption. So congratulations, Mukta! You've defeated your first wall. I give two thumbs up. I was gonna say, and, and I think after you you do your little like bow or whatever you're gonna do, then you're gonna sneak over and try to like peek in, right, without being noticed. Yes, Mukta. You see, uh, he no rapier or dagger in hand gets on all fours and goes a little bit quicker, but stealthily. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good point because your, your speed is normally 25 feet, right? Yes. So if you're sneaking, you can only go half that, which is what, 10 feet? But if you're but on all fours... I can go 30 feet, which would be 15. It really does boost you like 50% more sneak speed being on all fours. So that's that's awesome the way the breakpoints work out. Yep. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and give me a stealth roll? And we'll see how sneaky you can be. Oh, you're so close to a natural 20. <laughs> but it's still pretty sneaky. So you, you you watch as Mukta disappears from your view, right? Crouching down on all fours, moving silently to, you know, your guys' eyes and ears across the top of the roof. And so 
you peek down through like some of the missing slats, Mukta, and this is what you see. <clears throat> this once elegant workshop has fallen into shambles. Soggy strings of dripping moss hang through cracks in the wooden domed roof above, which you're probably looking through. Below it, a carpet of broken glass glitters dangerously. Workbenches and shells, armatures and displays, all formerly used in crafting or repairing immense lustres for a lighthouse, lie in ruins. Only a bejeweled spyglass sitting on a display rack near the southern wall has survived the devastation. And I circled that in the screen circle so you can kind of see where the spy gas currently lies. And the other thing you notice is like sitting in this like just sitting sadly, like kind of like head down, almost looks un, un it almost just looks like a doll. If you didn't know that it was being guarded, you might not even give it a second look. Just like mother used to warn you about. Yeah, just standing there. And uh, as you peek, I mean, you're pretty confident it hasn't noticed you. It doesn't react to you if it has. Where are the openings in this dome? Is it only where I'm at? Or is no, there, it, are there, more? there are plenty here. Like the roof is probably only about like 80% still coverage. So there's like sp spots like everywhere. So even right where the, the spyglass is sitting, there is definitely like a crack in the wood right above it, looking down upon it. Like you could totally mission impossible this if you had the, uh, the willpower. How far is uh, Mukta off the ground? On the edge, like right where he is, like, like not at the top of the dome, right? Just about 10 feet off the ground. I'm trying to judge how far I would be if I was trying to Mission Impossible it down and grab the uh, the spyglass. It'd basically be about it, it's it, the spyglass is on. Let's see. How does it describe it? The spyglass is sitting on a display rack, so it's not completely on the floor, right? It's probably, you know, three, four feet up. So you're only looking to, to like descend about like six feet down from the roof, like one climb movement action. The biggest issue, I believe, is as you do this, right, you're going to have, like, no cover whatsoever against this creature. So you're going to have to find some way to distract it or get cover from it. Or it's going to, like, probably notice you straight up. If you're able to get into the room, right, there's enough debris that if you were climbing around on all fours, you might be able to use a lot of that debris as cover to sneak through but looking at the room it is so full of debris that you're pretty sure it would be really hard to like maintain your balance you could sneak but it would it's going to be more challenging and this is something pathfinder calls uneven ground which means when the ground is uneven anytime you make a move you can't even take a stride you have to do like a, a balance check which is an acrobatics check just to not like fall over and if you get hit you also need to like make a check to not fall over on the uneven ground. And while you're on the uneven ground, you're considered flat-footed. You know, growing up in the the Soki Warrens, you know, large Warrens, um, packed full of stuff, I probably would recognize that this is not the best terrain to be trying to go around, right? Right. Yeah, it would definitely be right. challenging. Do I notice any like traps or anything? Uh, as you kind of give it a peek over, nothing looks like, you know, nothing looks to be overtly trapped. You know, you're always you're always got that eye out for traps. It's not I wouldn't call it a trap, but like you, you definitely notice the whole floor is like covered in lots of shards of glass. And you're pretty sure anyone who did lose their balance and fall fell over might not come out unscathed. Like if you fall over face first, you're going to be falling into like shards of glass. It's probably going to cut you up a bit. So it's not quite a trap, but it kind of is a trap in a certain sense. 
improvised pit trap. <laughs> Pretty much. With no pit. And yeah, there's a set of double doors on the north side and a another door like on the southwest side of the room. I'm going to look at the doors. Do I notice are they like barred in any ways or just they look like they have regular locking mechanisms? Uh, why don't you give me a perception check to see if you can notice what you can notice from up here? They definitely don't look barred, but we'll see if you can pick up anything else. Ah. 12. Yeah, not much from up here. It's hard to tell from the top of the dome and like through the little crack. Yeah. Definitely doesn't look barred at all. All right. I will take in all that information and make my way back to my friends. No sure. windows and no Sorry. doors and no peepholes from the and outside. No way out. <laughs> no windows other than the, the cracks in the dome. Uh, yep. But there are there's definitely one door that that does lead to the southwest out towards like the swamp and another door on the north side that leads to where you guys kind of were inside the building. Gotcha. So there there is a, you know, uh, Mukta can relay that, but there is like another door like on the southwest side of the room. Hello, my friends. I'm back with information and I relay all the information. And so you didn't go get the thing, no? Ah, uh, I mean, I thought this was more of a bit of a reconnaissance mission, huh? Then we go back and maybe form a plan. Is it uh, further down, perhaps, or maybe uh, like way down? If you fell, would you get hurt? Other than the shards of glass that would tear my body to pieces, um, the fall itself, not so much. Hmm. But it is quite the open room. There would have to be some sort of distraction in order for me to get the, the far seer. Perhaps I should give you a hand and I cast Mage Hand and ruffle his snout. Oh. It's invisible. Is Mage Hand invisible in Pathfinder? It can be invisible or ghost-like. Very cool. You should climb up with me, my talented friend. I look at Nulara. Uh, maybe <laughs> you should give me a, help, a hand, or maybe he go up there and drop a rope and I can climb too, and you can help I'm already, me. I'm already, uh, I'm already getting out my rope <laughs> and looking to fasten it. Okay, and it's also possible for you both to aid this action, right? One from the bottom, one from the top. I'll allow you both to make aid checks if you'd like. Do you want to go somebody to the south door to cause a distraction to try to get him to head to the door? Maybe not the south, as the object is there. If a distraction, I would say from the north. So there is a north door. Uh, yes, it seems like it's connected in the room where we met our creepy little friend. Wait, hang on a second. Uh, I just want to run it back a little bit. So Mukta and Hal would be climbing up and try to, and you guys will try to, to get the uh, shiny uh, stealthily. I can pick it up from afar and bring it to me. Mm. I don't need to go in there. Okay. And then while you guys do that, we could pro Clovis and I could provide some cover by distracting them from the north side of the uh, of the room. Yeah. I think that would be a good idea. You took the word out of my mouth, my friend. Okay. Well, Clovis, stand behind me when we do this. Uh, you can give our talented musician friend here a boost from below. Oh, yeah, I could definitely do that. And then I'll run at Clovis. Oh, what should our go signal be? Do you want us to cause the distraction first before you drop down and try getting it? I'll look at Mukta. You're going to go in there? 
I'm not going in there. Uh, if we don't have to, then I see no need to go in, but maybe our sig Argo signal to try to pick up the object will be when you create the distraction. So give us, once we get our musically inclined friend on the roof, give us a few minutes and we make our way over there, yes? All right, sounds like a plan. So for Nulara and Mukta, go ahead and make athletics checks to aid Hal. And since you're doing a rope up the side of the building, the DC is definitely lowering from the 15 it was with nothing down to 12 with your guys' uh, help. So it's a failure from Mukta, but not a critical failure. Luckily, it doesn't impede Hal. And Nulara hits a critical success, which boosts the, the roll by Hal by two. So Hal, take a plus two on your roll. And what kind of bonus is aid? Is it aid is a, oh, it's a circumstance bonus. I guess that means you could only have one circumstance bonus. Interesting. Either way, Hal, no problem. Um, with an 18 halfway up, go ahead and make a second one. Yeah, no problem. Oh, Oh, 11. I'm going to let the circumstance bonus roll to all your checks on that turn. So, yeah, you don't critically fail. This isn't you guys are not inept. Up the side of the building, Hal goes up to meet Mukta. You're successfully up on top of the little shack. I would also get my rope back and start fastening it just in case I need to drop down there. Of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that you guys start heading that way. I'm going to have you guys roll your stealth roll in a second, but also we're going to cut over to like new Lara and Clovis who are kind of uh, going to the north side door, right? I like to imagine like Mushi and Tangletop are like having a lot of fun playing with each other. What are we going to do for our distraction? I think the best way to distract the, the, the bird doll is to make sure that it has its eye on us. I can do it up close. Um, is there anything that you have in your arsenal wherein you can do it from afar. Like, we just need its line of sight to be on us. Ooh, Maybe what about your companion? Can can it do anything? Um, yeah, I can put Mushi in there and see if he makes enough noise to get the Birdman to look at it. Would it get hurt? I don't want your friend to die, um, too. Hopefully they'll have it and be out before it comes over here and gets them. Alright. But if it gets too close, like it starts trying to hit us, we can kite it back and then lock the doors where we are right now. Yeah? Perfect. Yep. Okay. I like it. So you can go ahead and move into that next room. And as you enter this room, uh, the thing you see, this, this room, uh, a series of four tall paintings hang on the northwestern wall of this hallway as you kind of move down it. Although layers of mold and decay have severely damaged them. But um, as you kind of like walking down the hallway, the first picture you see, it looks like a city in flames with ghosts rising from its streets. And there's a bronze oh, wow. plaque on the bottom of it that looks like it's covered in grime that makes it hard to read, but you could probably wipe it off if you wanted to read what the plaque says. Um, can uh, I just grab it and put it in my backpack for now? It's five feet tall. Oh, shit. Never it's gone. a big painting, so it wouldn't, definitely wouldn't fit in a backpack. Oh, okay. What does the plaque say? Okay, yeah, so you stop for a moment just to kind of wipe off some of the grime covering the little plaque. Um, it's, it's made out of bronze, so it cleans off pretty easy. It says, so shall the fools suffer. And their second picture 
on the wall, like as you kind of like follow, um, it depicts what is very obviously this gauntlet keep that you guys have been exploring, except for it looks much more grand and it has like a whole nother second story that seems to have been lost over time. You know, the roof's been collapsed a lot. You can see what it looked like back in its like heyday. And in the top of the lighthouse, you can see there's a pale blue light coming out of the lighthouse. And you can see ghostly faces sneering and grimacing within that light. And again, the plaque beneath it looks a bit dirty and covered in mildew. This guessing. Volok person who owns this, he, he seems like he has a lot of anger. This bronze plaque reads, let the light shine forever. The third picture in the hallway is completely shredded. You can see that like whatever picture used to be hanging in this frame, it almost looks like it's been torn free. So all you see are like little bits of like canvas on the edges and there's like no way to know what used to be in this photo. But the plaque does read the artist at work. And then right before you get to the door, there's one last painting. It depicts a smirking woman dressed in a long green gown. And as you stop to like clean off the plaque, you see it says the lady of the light. And right in the stone work next to this painting, there's something carved into the stone. Nulara and Clovis, what languages do you guys speak? Just common for me, I think. Common, Durek, and Elvin. Okay. Yeah, neither one of you guys recognize the, the words or the language it's carved in. But there is something carved in the stone next to these uh, this painting. Oh, but I do have an idea, though. Once this is all over and then we have time, if you by chance have charcoal and a piece of paper, we can, I don't know, scratch it over and then it would create an imprint on the paper. And then we could maybe show it to Ren, and then she'd understand. That's a good idea. All right. Well, they said to give them a couple minutes. We cut back to uh, on the roof where Mukta and Hal are like sitting there, like probably like twiddling their thumbs and like waiting. So let let me have you guys give me um give me a stealth roll as you trying to make your way across the top of this roof without really attracting attention. I wouldn't move next to Mukta if I didn't have to. The range is thirty feet. Okay, but you I, don't I have to. Yeah, I, I'd levitate, <laughs> levitate it. You could probably you sit across the room and like levitate it straight up and Mukta could grab it or something, right? Yeah, that's what I was planning on doing. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Okay, I, I can visualize that. So you don't have to be right next to Mukta, that's fine. Yeah, still give me a stealth check just to make sure that like as you kind of are up here, you're not noticed. Okay. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, no. Wow. Hero point? Hero point. Hero yeah, point. Yeah, I am going to hero point that. That is true. We all, you all have one hero point, so. I'm going to hero point that for sure. Okay. That's a good hero point usage. Okay, 18 and 15. <laughs> the thief fails his stealth check. <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. So um, we cut back to you guys. You guys are getting in position, seemingly fairly um, quiet. Like Mukta, I think there's a minute where like with the slick sort of like moisture and then the mildew, like you, you hit a patch of mildew and you, you slip and there's about to be like a loud noise as you grab some wood to like, to grab to like steady yourself but you dig in deep that hero that you know is inside of you and you like manage to like do this perfect like balance thing and like with like complete silence do you just, do you have a tail yep i was about to say my tail probably grabs on to 
Yeah, like a tail can grab it and like just like shift the weight and like completely set your balance. And yeah, you dig in and, and really avoid a bad situation. And so you guys are like sitting here waiting for some sort of signal, right? Is that the plan? Yep. It's distracted. Yeah, I'm just waiting to to grab the prize as it's lifted up towards me. Like we're playing an elaborate crane game. All right, I will. So do you want uh, my familiar to just knock some stuff over, uh, make noise? Yeah, try to grab its attention if you can. Okay. Wait, do you want to step back a little bit? And then let your familiar get in first? Yeah. My familiar, is he, is he, is he able to talk, Steve? Uh, I don't think you took... There, there is a sort of familiar ability that lets it talk, but I don't think you took that one. I see marking your token. I don't know if this is still correct. You have flyer and dark vision. So that means you, your, uh, your little tree creature can fly at least. Yep. I'll open the door for him. Which makes it easier to move around the room since he doesn't have to walk on the broken glass and uneven ground. So Nina, you're going to pop open the door for it? Yeah. So, oh. so yeah, you open the door and like, I guess you just shove like Mushi through, right? <laughs> go on, Mushi, go on. So I guess like, it's like as, as like, as a uh, Halarmony and Mukta are kind of like looking at each other, kind of like, oh, uh, like, uh, what's the signal going to be? You, you see the door open and Mushi gets pushed into the room, this little flying tree creature. And immediately like the doll like kind of activates its head, like looks up and it turns and looks like at the doorway. And it says, Mr. Azrene, is that you? And um, turns and looks right at, at <laughs> Mushi. Describe describe what you have Mushi doing, uh, Clovis. Uh, well, right now, how, how tall are the ceilings in here? About 10 feet, and then the dome ceiling goes up like another 10 feet in the center. Okay, so he's he's hovering about five feet right now, and mm -hmm. he goes into the room, and then he'll, he'll fly all the way up as close to the ceiling as he can get. Okay, and so it starts flying up to the ceiling, drawing attention to the two people that are in the ceiling, like, like looking for cover. Oh, I thought they were uh, farther down. But they're way down I mean, south and we're up north. You can't you can't see where they are. That's fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. You send them up like flying, right? Uh immediately it, it realizes like, you know, it's not Master Azarine. It says, This is the boss's lab. And it like it too, like this like creepy doll thing, it like leaps up off the ground and it starts flapping its wings. And you realize at this point, this thing can actually flop as well. And it starts flying up in the air to go tangle with Mushi. Uh, well, you got the distraction you needed, so why don't we go ahead and have everyone roll initiative. Uh, for Mukta and Hal, you guys are more than able to use stealth for this, um, if you'd like. Actually, technically, everyone can use stealth except for Ow. except for Mushi, but Mushi is part of Clovis's turn, so yeah. We begin combat, quote-unquote combat. So yeah, Nulara, you're technically first to react, even if you don't necessarily need to uh, do anything. I mean, you can tell me what you want to do, but. Um, I just want to make sure that um, his attention is on us. So I know I'm hidden from him right now. So I'll show myself on this door. You want, So you actually want to show yourself in the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bang my morning star on my shield. Okay. Go, hey, look over here. That's it. That's, that's the end of my turn. And okay. For my last um, action, I'll raise my shield. I'll actually raise my shield. Oh, smart. Mm -hmm. Is there any sort of like charisma based action you can do? 
Or is it other than just getting the attention? I mean, there's demoralized and stuff like that. Do you want to do something like that, or is it just getting his attention? I believe demoralized would be under. Yeah, I don't. I, I definitely did not go and make sure you had every single trained action that you guys have. I would intimidate it because diplomacy would be under demoralized, but I'm not trained in diplomacy. Okay, so that's uh, I'll so you can give it a fright. So okay, make an intimidation check. It is within 30 feet of you, so you have the ability to do this. It's a 14 against its 14. target's will DC, and it has a target of 16, so it saves. Oh, dang. But yes, I will raise my shield. Yeah, and go ahead and raise your shield. I will... You definitely have the distraction you were hoping for. Grab the spyglass, you said, and lift it up towards Mukta. Yep, and it can move 20 feet completely without a check. It's, it's light enough. This is like light bulk, so it's not even like a heavy object. So you just reach out, grab it off the shelf, and in the back of the room, the spyglass lifts 20 feet in the air, right? Not even 20 feet, like, you know, seven, eight feet up, right to where Mukta's like standing there waiting. And that was two of your actions, right? I have to concentrate on this, so sustain it. Sustain it. Okay. That makes sense. Does does it say like if the thing ends it ends at the end of your turn unless you sustain it? Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So that's all three actions to move it up and sustain. Very cool. Uh that brings us to its turn. So Mr. Beak gets a turn. So it uses one action to like fly up to the top of the room where Mushi's flying around, and it uses its like terrible uh sharp beak that it has. Actually, it doesn't really attack with his beak. I'm, I'm going to say it attacks with his beak, although on this character sheet, it's just a fist attack. But anyways, it's going to target Mushi with an attack. Um, so here's the second action. Attack roll. That is a 25 to hit, which is just barely not a crit, but it does hit. And it deals six points of damage to Mushi. And you guys see Mushi just fall straight to the ground dead. Really? Oh, no. I feel so guilty. <laughs> no, B, I mean, I'll explain wow. later, but you know, it's the distraction was there, so. Okay. Did you get so another Mushi... one? <laughs> yeah. Did Mushi move it, into the it'll room? It'll take me a week, but yes, I can get another one. It just will take yeah. me a while. Mushi flew into the room and he's up at the top of the That's dome, not right. too far from like where you guys are. So it's like there's this flying fight at the top of the room going on. And then with its third action, it turns and like looks at Nulara, who's like banging and trying to like scare it. And it does um, use its third action to fly 20 feet down and just like engage with you. But it doesn't have any more actions to actually attack or anything. All right. And that's Mr. Beak's turn. Clovis, you feel the connection with Mushi break. Hey, I will. Oh shit, that's gonna hit her though. All right, so I'm gonna, he's gonna cast uh, Tanglefoot. Okay, I don't know what that is. I'm excited to find out. So I'm gonna try to slow it down. Nice. Okay, so a vine covered in a sticky sap appears from thin air, flicking from your hand and latching itself to the target. Oh, very cool. So I'll do it from where I'm at and I'll position it so that it'll it'll hit uh, just, just a break. Yeah, yeah, it's just a single target, so you are attacking through Nulara, which will give it a plus one circumstance bonus, but it says to go ahead and make a spell attack roll. And I also want to know, like, when Clovis is casting this magic, like, what is Clovis casting magic actually look like? You see him put his two thumbs together and 
his hand and from his chest pushes it out and in this case it's a uh, kind of a green greenish light comes off of my hands at the target all right so your your vine your greenish light lashes out to try to grab it and hold it in place and it's a failure it misses that was two actions yep so i'll just take a step back that'll be my turn all right mukta it just takes one interact action to reach out and grab the spyglass and it's yours perfect you got the shiny so you got you got the shiny in your hand you can't put it in your cheek pouches unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> it's a good thing though that i got that hefty holler otherwise i'd probably be un encumbered right now maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah then mukta will start to make his way back over towards hal are you trying to be sneaky about it yes okay so... Do you have to spend an action to put the item away so you can run on all fours? Or can you run on all fours if you have something in your hand? No, I think it has. my hands have to be free. Completely free, um, okay. Well, I have two actions left, right? So I won't get, get on all fours yet. I'll just stride twice, sneakily. Okay, Stealthily so you're gonna sneak twice. Toward, yeah, sneak twice towards yeah. uh, you have You have total cover for both of these rolls because you are like, the whole roof is like blocking you and there's just bits of like, of thing, so you're gonna get a plus four circumstance bonus to each one of these, uh, each one of these stealth rolls. So give me two stealth rolls to just stay hidden. So the f plus four circumstance bonus makes it an 18, okay. And a natural Ooh. 20. Is there a bonus for for uh, sneaking on a, on a crit? Let's go! Success, no, just success and critical failure. Okay, you know, you're good. I like to imagine I just go, how? Any, like, I'm just right up on him before he even notices me. Um, and that's your action. All right, that brings us back to the the next round of combat. Nulara, you're standing face to face with Mr. Beak. Okay, so um, I'm going to try and shove it away from me. Come on, push it back, push it back. Okay, uh, can you, I think, do you have, because you have, what do you have? You have you have you don't have a free hand, right? You have a shield raised. And you have your morning star in the other hand. Ah, I will drop my morning star. Okay, that's fine. So you drop your morning star. Yeah, and then I'll shove him away. Okay, so that would be athletics check against his fortitude. fortitude okay. Yeah, and that would be my first action, right? Yes. Ooh, sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. Can sure. I can I do something else? Yeah. Okay. I'll um, let you back I up. would yeah, I would like to strike him but with a power attack. Oh, okay. Yeah. So power power attack is two action. Yeah, is that to push him back if you hit him? No, no, no. It's just a uh, double the dice if I hit him. If she hits it's double damage. Mm -hmm. Nice. With my morning star. Oh no. Would you like to hear her point that? Yes. <laughs> okay. So 23. a 23 does indeed hit. Make sure you toggle on the power attack before you roll the damage. Damage, damage. With a power attack, that's eight points of damage. With my morning yep. star. Yep, so eight points of damage as uh, you crash Mr. Beak. He gets damage for eight points. Uh, he's like looks pretty agile, like floating in the air, and then you crash into it with the Morning Star, and just you hear like the splintering of like wood and stuff as it 
just absorbs the impact from your blow. Um, That's my second action, I yeah? That was two actions, yeah. Okay, so for my third action, I will raise my shield again. Okay. Hal, that brings us to you. All right, I would like to, seeing Mukta grab the object and disappear, I assume he's coming towards me, so I would like to sneak back on the roof towards the entrance. Okay. So each sneak action, uh, really the only one that's going to require a sneak action that he has any chance of noticing is going to be the first one. And after that, you can destroy it at full speed because okay. it's like in a room down the hall from you. It's, it's really only when you're in its immediate area and it has a chance to see you. So let's do a sneak for the first one. You do get the same plus four circumstance bonus for being on the roof. So that's an 18. You go ahead and move your 10 feet of sneaking. And then uh, I will say like you're right up in its face, Nulara, and like you, you don't hear anything, but you notice that like Mr. Beak gives a slight look up on the roof. Like it looks like it might've noticed something. Ooh, no. And then yeah, you can go ahead and dash. What's your movement? Like 25 and then what, 25 more? Like you're basically all the way back wherever you want to be over here on the roof. Uh, that's everything. Back here in the room, the camera cuts back. Like you see its eyes looking up on the roof and it like turns and like, like looks like right at you, Nulara. And it begins, you see it's like hand starts doing this weird thing and it starts waving its hands a little bit and its hands start to glow with like some kind of dark Aww, energy. It's it is casting a spell, but I will say, we did talk about this. This spell oh, has the manipulate action. And it's so, so an this, attack of opportunity. This does indeed trigger your attack of opportunity if you'd like to take it. Because he is leaving uh, himself open for this by casting this spell. Yes, I would like to take it, please. Okay, so you can use your reaction to take the attack. Yep. If it's a critical success, it will... Yes. It will... Let's go. Ooh, is that a critical success, Steve? It is not. Oh. No! What? What is this? Yeah, th this hits very cleanly, but it is not high enough to be a critical hit. Uh, but go ahead and roll damage on that. It's got at least a 19 AC. Dang. Yeah. Dang, so damn. I told you this thing is a TPK machine. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, that's with what? my power attack. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That was Turn off the power attack and just roll the damage again, yeah. Oh, nice. max damage! Feel pretty good. Nice. Yep, so it's you crash into it, which splinters it. It looks really hurt. It's definitely bloodied at this point, but it doesn't quite interrupt its attack. And as you strike it, it like reaches out and does a touch spell and touches your arm, and it's going to cast Vampire Touch on you. So I need you to make a, a fortitude saving throw. Uh, 18? Uh, uh, yes. Nice. Perfect. Nice. So... Okay, so it is gonna deal damage. That's low rolls. Yeah, that's, that's. I think you got off light. That's a lot of so dice. So 12, 12 points in necrotic damage. You save, it's a fortitude save. It's just a basic save. So you, you saved, so you take half damage. So that's so six sick. points in necrotic damage. And it looks like it heals a bit. And then with its uh, second, with its other action, it like touches you and it doesn't work. And you watch as its eyes like look up a bit and it uses its action to fly up away from you, Nulara. And it flies like just out that hole that like Hal and uh, stuff had been. So Mukta, you watch as this thing just like appears like right out of the roof, like kind of not too far from you. 
and how you can see it like you're, you've made it far away and you are now like eye level with this thing that's flown out, out of the roof and that's its turn clovis it wasn't sneaky the door is open so you see and hear it like fly up out of the room so you have a general sense of what it's doing even if you don't have eyes on it do i have to stop and open the door does this, i guess i can go here the store still open. yeah you just go to the one that you guys left open so yes yeah, so you have a, a stride speed of is your speed 30 feet yeah 30 feet is that because you're elvish yes i got an extra five feet right oh. okay so you're pretty swift Hey, music man it's coming it's coming through the roof yeah he's <laughs> on the roof but a lot of the roof is sort of like holy so like you could definitely like yell up and and how can see you so it's two strides to get there you still have one action i'll just get outside the door i'm just gonna get out here so i can kind of see up on the roof all right mukta it's, you, you can't really see it because of the wall business but if i move your token over one you can see it's it's not that far from from you like it's noticed me he doesn't give any indication that he has i'm rolling back to check your last stealth roll was that was that at 20. yeah no he has no idea where you are he the first roll because i remember you got one that he kind of noticed you but he didn't have eyes on you right he just was kind of aware that somebody was on the roof with the 18. uh but with the natural 20 as your second one like he has he doesn't notice you at all you're like so blended in with like the roof and you're around because it's like that dome roof so you're still around it and you got a little bit of cover from him Kill it would drawing my rapier like get its attention like could no, it get I, I don't i think that's sneaky enough that drawing a weapon off your person while hidden i'm not gonna rule that like if you read the raw it says anything other than sneak will but i think that's reasonable enough that you can draw a rapier without breaking stealth so I will use one action to draw my rapier, second action to sneak, and then third action to strike. Okay. So the problem with this too, remember if you sneak at the end of the sneak, if you don't have cover, then you don't get to like benefit from like surprising something. So in this case, there's no way to sneak up and strike him. Like the if minute I... you're done sneaking, he'll notice you. That's that's when the, some of those feats we were talking about comes into play that allows you to do a sneak and a strike yeah. like what, combo. So if you have a ranged attack of some sort, you could draw a ranged weapon instead, which would yeah. be this flat-footed. I guess I'll draw my dagger instead then. Draw the dagger. I am and... within range of it for it, so. Yep, and you do have the uh, flat-footed condition, so. Yep, let me equip my dagger, because I don't usually have it equipped. Target is flat-footed. You barf a dagger up out of your mouth. Yep. Like a hairball. <laughs> Ah, uh, this, this can only end well, I'm sure. Kill it. Oh. <laughs> uh, even with the flat-footed condition, your uh, your dagger sails high and wide. It, it's it's kind of a smaller target, so it's not the easiest strike to make. And in this case, you do miss, and that immediately like it like turns. And even though it was like looked across at like Hal, it now notices you and it turns and like looks at you. I don't like being on the roof with this thing. You can cannonball into the swamp water. That's exactly what I'm thinking, actually. Yeah, nice. I'm, yeah, I'm jumping into the, into the water. Okay, so it's 10 feet of falling, which technically does 10 bludgeoning damage. But when you jump into water, it actually, um, it actually can reduce the damage that you take. So I'm just looking at the rules on that. As far as jumping goes, how far out in the middle of the swamp can you get? Because if you hit the shore, it's going to be more shallow. If you can hit like the center of the the um, the, the swampy water, you're going to be better. 
Leap is an action. You can leap up to 10 feet horizontal if your speed is at least 15 feet, or up to 15 feet horizontally if your speed is at least 30 feet. So in this case, you could jump 10 feet. You'd be able to get like a little bit into the, the shallower end. Okay, perfect. Whoosh. And then you land like in yeah. the like swampy water and splash and that like stagnant swamp water starts like splashing around you. It makes a lot of noise. You are going to take three points of bludgeoning damage. Better than being on the roof with this thing. Yes, I agree. And the other problem is like the, the ground on this as you like, now you're like feet sink into the thing. Uh, this is like, like extreme difficult terrain being in the mud. So if you try to walk through the mud, then it's it's like um, each square is 15 feet of movement. If you have like a way to swim, you could probably swim through the water more effectively, but I, you'd have to look oh. up the rules of swimming. I'm not entirely sure. I don't have a swim speed, so I don't think so. It's all right. I'm going to probably spend my whole next turn running. Perfect. Yeah, it says if you propel yourself, if you smooth swim, you can propel yourself through water. If it's calm water, you can make the action without needing a check. It looks like you just make a swim check and then it, like how far you move is depending on how how good your swim check is. So it might be easier to swim than it is to like go through the muck, but we'll figure it out. New Lara. Okay, so the floor is covered in glass. So this whole floor is covered in like broken wood, bits of glass. The whole thing is like an uneven terrain. So anyone that walks into that room is forced to like make a balance check to even move. A balance. And if you were to fall over, just like Mukta said, there's shards of glass everywhere. It probably wouldn't feel too good if you fell over. But right now I don't see him, right? Uh, you, you saw the direction he went, which was like up and to the side and you can hear him because he's not stealthy, but you don't have visual contact on him from where you are, yeah. Jump off the roof. Yeah. Uh, uh, gamble, gamble. I'm gonna gamble. I'm gonna. I'm gonna gamble. What's the balance check? Athletics or acrobatics? It's acrobatics. Okay. So um, I would like to stride, uh, ten feet. Okay. So what you're gonna do in that case is we're gonna make an acrobatics check. So I can add. So what you're gonna do is just use the balance action. I think it says to do an acrobatics check against the DC. The DC of this room is 11, so you need to make a DC 11 acrobatics check to move. And then depending on how well you roll it, it shows how far you're able to move. <laughs> okay, so a seven is a fail. So yeah, so you use the action trying to balance and you're not able to actually, you don't fall prone, it's not a critical fail, but it is a fail, so you don't make any progress using the, your full action. So one action is used up, you're unable to make your way into the room. There's not much for me to do here. It's not your strong suit, that is, I will say. No. There's no, there's no way for me to get a view of this guy outside of getting inside the room. Yeah, because he's flown a little bit out of the wall, too. If I get over here, like, to use two stride actions, I still wouldn't get a view of him, right? Because he's on the roof. <laughs> uh, it's hard to tell because you have no idea where he is, but right. unless you can find a way to get outside, you're probably not going to get a good of any eyesight of him. Okay. Well, I'll just use uh, two of my remaining actions to stride as far as I can. So that would be 25, yeah? Yes. Okay, 25, so 50 in total. 25, my Atlanta. Tangletop is hiding under the, the stuff again, by the way. Do I see Hal on the roof? You, <laughs> there's a little bit of like holes on the roof, so you get a sense that he's up there. So you, you do have some sight on him, and even uh, Clovis was able to yell up to him on his previous turn. Okay, uh, that's the end of my turn. All 
right, Hal. So where is this guy in relation to, because I can't see him, right? I'm probably going to climb down, try to climb down, jump down. So do you want to jump down or do you want to climb down? Because those are two different things. I'll try to. Jumping down is, is fine, but it, it will, you'll take 10 fall damage. The rope's still there, right? It's not because Mukta very specifically mentioned taking it with him. Okay. There are some footholds and stuff, so it's not super impossible. The DC is 15 without the rope. And but I only go five rope. feet, right? So I'll have to go per success, unless you get a critical success. But yes, you're right. It's it's per climb action. It's basically five feet. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm still going to climb down because that's what I would do. So let's start with the athletics check. And this is one of those situations where the, the climb is really like high pressure because it's mid-combat and the higher DCs definitely make sense. Oh. Uh, so I fall? That's a critical fail. <laughs> yeah. Well. So you, you, you try to climb down, you spend the action, you fall. Uh, so here's the thing, you do fall, which means you're gonna fall um, 10 feet to the ground and land prone, but you can use your reaction to grab the edge because it happened at the beginning of your climb if, you, if you'd like to try nope. to grab the edge. Okay. So 10 feet to the ground, you take 10 bludgeoning damage and you land prone on the ground. All right. You still have, you still have two actions. I will get up. So getting up is one action, I believe. And I will stride back into the house. <laughs> okay. Four, now you see, now five. you hear a thud near Lara and then Hal comes bruised and running into you. It's, it's running after you. It's, it's on the roof. Mukta, he jumped into that dirty water. I don't think I would ever do something like that. But I had no idea. I didn't. I couldn't see him. But the bird is up there, uh, coming for Clovis. Mr. Beak gets his turn or its turn, so it's on the roof. Uh, Mukta did the sneak attack and jumped into the swamp, and you're now like down in the water. So Mr. Beak is going to use one stride action to fly down over the water where you are, Mukta, and begin to uh, peck at you. Okay, so first attack on Mukta is oh a 29 i didn't target you but um i'm guessing that's a crit what's your ac 18. oh shit. all right well that is a critical hit then uh so you take 14 points of bludgeoning damage that's body bobs <laughs> yeah bobs? i'm drowning oh no all right mukta goes limp in the water and then it sees you do that and then it's going to uh, spend its uh, last action doing one more stride and it flies it like it takes out Mukta you watch as Mukta goes limp in the water and then it like turns and looks at you Clovis and just starts flying straight at you but it can't quite reach you with its last action Clovis it's your turn kill it Clovis I am going to try all right here we go voice of beyond saying a wise friend there said there is no try only do or do not <laughs> okay so you make a spell attack on this creature so 19 misses what i thought it hits at 19. kidding me no we didn't know we didn't know the minimum was 19 because it wasn't a crit at a 29. Or 28. I think it was a 28. It wasn't a crit. Yeah. So you shoot the acid blob at it, and it like does a little like shift out of the way because it's this tiny like doll, and it sails right past it. And at that, Clovis shits himself. And Although you do have a hero point, but all right, it's true. You can spend a hero point if you're making a death saving throw to like automatically succeed. I think. I believe that's how it works. You should look up the rules. All right, I'm gonna do it. What the hell? You're gonna spend your hero point. 
22 that hits. Let's go. Hero points. Digging deep. Four points of damage. He's still alive. But but the uh, the acid hits him straight on and uh, starts eating. Like you, you hear the wood being yeah, eaten away. Oh, yeah, and that's true. It does splash too, right? So, make a spell attack. If you hit, you do a 1 to 6 acid plus 1 splash. Yeah, he would have hit the splash too, so that's one more. Uh, he's still alive, unfortunately. But it's not persistent because you did not crit. <laughs> so, yeah, you have enough speed to run in. All right. Mukta. First time I've asked you for this death saving throw. I think it's just a flat D20, right? Yep. The recovery is a DC 10 because you're dying zero. So that's success. So you are, you reduce your dying value by one. one. Uh, but you're, so it I gotta look up the like rule. Wounded. Yeah. When you're dying at the start of your turn, you must attempt to flat check with the DC with 10 plus your current dying value. So if you succeed, your dying value is reduced by one because you were dying. Okay, so you were dying one before because you, you were unconscious, right? So the DC is actually 11 and not 10 because you have a dying one condition. So a 10 is actually a failure. It's 10 plus your dying value. So the DC would be 11 because he would be at dying one when he went unconscious. Yeah, so dying one. So the DC is 11, uh, which means it's a failure. So you go to dying two now. All right. If you reach, right? If you four. reach dying four, you're dead. I'm dead. We got some time. We got some time. I was hoping to stay out there and do that, but yeah. And wouldn't his me. like um, initiative order move before Bird? Oh, you know what? That's true. Because when you get knocked unconscious, your initiative moves to right before the creature knocked you unconscious. So technically, so, he hasn't rolled his dying. You're right. Yet. Technically, he hasn't rolled his save yet until after how. So that failure won't happen until until later. So if you get healed before, then we'll ignore it. Top of the round, new okay. Lara. Oh, oh, let's do this. All right, uh, for my first action, I'm gonna use uh, I'll stride outside. Mm -hmm. um, for my free action, I'll release my morning star. Okay. For my, for my second action, I'm gonna grab my trident. Okay. And then for my third action, I'm gonna throw it at bird doll right here. Perfect. Chuck that ranged attack trident. Die! Come on! Kill it! Yes! Oh, natural yeah. twenty! Kill that bird, man! Roll that Die. critical hit damage. Six sixteen points. Nice, nice. Are you dead? So, so you do kill this thing, absolutely one hundred percent. The thing's gonna sail through the air, pluck it, and send it flying backwards, and oh. it's gonna like spear it like into the to the pier as Mr. Beak is no more. Man, Let's Mr. go, Scrog. King Scrog. That's his good, trident. good, Thanks, good man. move there. Oh, that was that was Scrog's trident. Yeah, awesome, Scrog's boss Scrog. Yeah. Scrog, Scrog, boss Scrog. Yeah, and that and was that I was all three like, actions, though, right? Yeah. I think I see Mukta over the swamp. Can I run after him and like get him out of the swamp? Well, we're still in initiative order, and that was it's all three fine. of your actions. Yep. You see Mukta just lying face down, kind of floating in the, in the swamp water. Move through the door, and I'll see Mukta, and then I'll look back towards Nalara, and then I'll like swing my loot around to the front, and I will sing a little ditty for Mukta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wish you uh -huh. would step back from that ledge, my friend. And I'll cast Soothe <laughs> on him. Nice. Perfect. Let's go ahead and roll that. 10. Okay. Perfect. 30 feet. One willing living creature. Yeah. So immediately you are um, healed to 10 hit points, Mukta. You're no longer dying. 
Uh, I mean, sorry, you're no longer unconscious. You are still dying too. Uh, still but dying you're, you're, one because he hasn't. He start. He started dying. Oh, you know what? You're right because yeah. he never actually made a death yeah. fail because of the initiative order change. Good call on the rules. So two things. One, you're not. You're still only dying one. And two, why don't you take a hero point just for being right on that? Nice. That's for uh, for for Nulara. Woo! Okay, so we're out of the danger at least. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end the combat because there's no point in staying in initiative order. You guys were able to to uh, defeat Mr. Beak. So I will say you guys fought the easy version of Mr. Beak because he's actually supposed to be harder. But given his abilities and the room, you guys didn't actually engage him in the room, so he lost some of the advantage there. But you can see why he can be a pretty tough fight. If he didn't roll so bad on his vampire touch, that could be like the end of a character right there. Yeah. yeah. And we're level yeah, with, one. Mm -hmm. yeah, with the elite yeah. template, he could be 22 AC. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we're level right. one. Like that, like that's a... So you, you get Mukta out, except for when Mukta went unconscious, he dropped the, the spyglass and now it's sitting on the bottom of the swamp water. Can you I have see? to go down and fish it out. <laughs> Mukta and then we'll go get it. He has no problem with dirty swamp water. He's already dirty. Which which allows, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna like, make you guys roll for it, but you do have to spend some time fishing it out of the muck, right? Surprisingly, Mukta's actually pretty clean. Oh, and then I ask while I yeah. wipe the swamp water out of my shield. Also, the other interesting thing to note, Nulara, when you go to recover your trident and, like, yank it out of, like, Mr. Beak's, like, uh, now unmoving body, uh, you notice, like, in the back of this doll, there is a very sizable, almost like the size of your fist, black gem just embedded right in his back. Huh. Uh, can I try and pull it out? Oh, yeah. It just, it, you, you kind of free it. It pops out. It almost, interestingly, it feels almost like when you pop a AA battery out of something that's, like, designed to hold it. It like had like a tight grip, but with a little bit of force, it just slides right out. It looks like it could be pretty valuable. I, I mean, hold it up. Would anyone want a black gem that powers a <laughs> bird killing ball? As I'm like wiping off uh, music man, maybe you want, would want it if it's something magical? Uh, also, I can look. Everyone feel free to take 80 experience points. Otherwise, we could oh, maybe sell more. it and split the profits. 60 from beating the uh, creature and 20 for the hazard kind of based in the fight. I think we're pretty clever in getting out of, at least fighting him out of the room. For sure. I just, you were, you guys had this whole plan to not engage him and then it turned into a fight anyways. Yeah, you yeah. saw Nulara couldn't even navigate through the room, right? It was, it was pretty bad. Perhaps we turn it in and Tangletop will give us some experience. So you, you do kind of take it back to uh, Tangletop. Even though we're victorious over here, I think we should cut back to like Mushi, who like got knocked unconscious, fell on the floor, is lying in like broken glass, debris. But this time that we've been doing like these, you know, couple rounds of combat, they would have had a chance to make death saving throws. Why don't we start right back from break with a death saving throw for Mushi? Oh no. Or, I'm sorry, I call it death carrying throw. It's called it's called a I'm gonna put a dying one condition onto him, but I don't know it might just roll through your stats. Let's see. When you were doing it, Richard, was it just on your sheet somewhere? It was next to Go ahead and make a dying roll on your character sheet. If you make the first success, it's gonna be lying there. Okay, well <laughs> you do That's not. A no. Okay, so now now we have 
uh, Mushi on a dying two. So as it slips closer to death, make a second death, the second recovery check. The DC on this one's 12. Okay, that's a success. So that would take it back to dying one. One. And then one more death saving throw would be the last one it would make before you come running into the room. Natural 20, reduce your dying value for two. Oh, thank goodness. You, you kind of like you, you go rushing back to the room, right? Clovis, like looking where like Mushi was like shredded in the air and you, you kind of like poke through the, like you see like rubble, right? Because it's like broken wood and glass and it kind of camouflages. But as you step through the uneven ground, trying to hold your balance, you scoop Mushi like up out of the, the thing into your hands and you feel, and you can feel that he's actually like unconscious, but no, he's like stable. He's not dying anymore. It, it takes about 10 and you can magically heal him. But after about like 10 minutes, you feel like as you're like holding him, um, his eye like opens and he gets one hit point back. So, yeah. What were you guys going to do with the spyglass? You fish it out from the bottom of the swamp, come back. It's covered in muck, but it still looks particularly shiny. So, Clovis, how often does Mushi get himself into trouble and actually die like this? Uh, not very often. He, he doesn't really do a whole lot of combat. He's not really he's not strong enough for that yet. I'm still working mm-hmm. with him. Okay. I wanted him to go in there and distract and kind of get out of the way, but uh, we didn't realize that thing could fly right at him. So didn't. I'm right. so sorry for bringing that suggestion oh, up. No, no, like no, this. it's not your fault. It's, uh, you know, I, I thought he could distract him too and just kind of fly around him in circles. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well, but yeah, I, mean, I still feel really as, bad. As yeah, as I'm holding Mushi, no, he, he, he's fine. Look. I'm sorry, Mushi. Also, Mukta, how often do you go unconscious and float in swamp water? Swamp water, not so much, but um, probably this would not be Mukta's first time with a brush of death. So yeah, so Tangletop, who's been kind of sitting there waiting patiently, hiding, kind of sees you guys like wrapping up and is like, you see like peeking from the door, like just kind of like looking out, like, first of all, asks, is it safe? Is it, is it safe? And also like, did you get the shiny? I kind of want to just throw it at her, but no. It's in Mukta's hand, so it's Mukta's decision. My little friend, we got the, your shiny. <clears throat> As I cough up a little bit of swamp water. Uh-huh. My mother, once again, proven to always be right. Always be wa- wary of bird dolls. <laughs> oh, your mom knew about bird dolls from the beginning? Very wise woman. I mean, oh, wow. you have to be with over a hundred children. Oh, Good for her. Holy shit. So uh, Tangletop is like looking at you like very wide eyed um, with his like little super hands. And, and like the, the whole spyglass is basically almost the same size as this little brownie because it's a tiny little creature. So it like holds out its hands to uh, to take it from you if you'll hand it over. Attempt to palm object. Okay. And uh, have like my op- empty palm out towards... Uh, little TT and then be like uh, secrets first make a palm item check just to see how cool it looked that's stealth right I believe so yeah oh man I rolled so bad <laughs> pretty much everyone like watching the situation I think almost everyone probably has a perception that's higher than that I don't think you fool anyone on your team from what I can tell everyone has at least you know trained in perception and uh this 
this thing is definitely not fooled, but like so you you do this cool move and say secrets first, and like you can tell it's like looking right at the spot where you're supposed to be quote unquote hiding it. But you've made your point. Right? A little bit of swamp muck like kind of gets in my way. It's like it usually looks a lot cooler. Even with the failure, you still make the point, right? So secret first, so it, it has no position to like push back, especially thinking back to being intimidated. So so Tango's cops like okay, last secret. Uh, so I've been like living here for a few days, looking at the paperwork and and just looking at the lighthouse. And I gotta tell you, that lighthouse, it's actually magical. Did you know the music that 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 lighthouse can do more than just shine an eerie light? It can actually shoot a beam full of ghosts. A beam full of what? Ghosts? Like, ooh, I'm spooky with like ghosts, but real ghosts, not fake ghosts, like I like to make. Um, uh, it's okay, so let's uh, go in that building over there. We look for the magic that is uh, in that building, and then we go back. A nice place that is warm with people and not so much ghosts. A nice bath, hopefully. Um, hey, hey, um, before we, we go over there, look for the magic there, Music Man. Um, Lorala, do you want to show them what we found in there? We found oh, some yes. interesting art that I think uh, we need to take a harder look at. It does kind of fit with what Tangle Top is saying. Yeah, with their secrets. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like everyone got over beam full of ghosts quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, not me. No, I actually have a couple questions. Uh, so what I do these ghosts do? Do they attack? Do they just float around? What do they, what do, they do? Tangle Top kind of shrugs like, I, I don't know. I, I doubt they're friendly ghosts, but I... I've not encountered one directly. Is there a lot of them at night? Well, I mean, I haven't exactly seen the ghost, but I've seen the light shining and it's very creepy. And my research has told me that the beam is actually full of of angry ghosts, I think. The beam itself is... Being a little little cagey and a little bit sort of weird about their answer. But when like we look if, at the paintings, okay. uh, the paintings yeah. do depict um, what she's saying. That's yeah, true. she you know, she nods and she says, if, "If you give me the shiny, I will show you exactly where I learned this information." I and like eyeing, eyeing where you palmed him. Yeah. <laughs> Despite other people's prejudices, Mukta is a silky of his word, and I will produce with a flourish over kind of gesturing pretty obvious and then hand over the here is your farce you hand it over and tangle top it looks really excited and as it like grabs it its eyes it's already big eyes go even bigger and it like holds it tight to itself and like there is no doubt that like carrying this thing is like already encumbering spooky uh, sorry tangle top you know it's had its eyes on this prize for a few days and it's really like happy to actually get it um so for completing this side quest you guys earn 30 experience points. Level two. Which will bump you up to level two, which we can do during your next sort of like long rest. So congratulations. What does that put you guys at like 820? How many? Just 20. Plus 30. What'd you say 20 for 20. that? 30 points total. Yeah, it was 30 total. 30 points, yeah. So we we're, have... uh, we're at 820, so. 820 minus 800 when you actually do the leveling up, right? So you basically yeah, reset right. to 20, yeah. Yep, 20 will be level two. And so Tangletop's like, okay, I'll show you where I learned. Come here. And like motions you and leads you and like 
the the downside here is is uh, Tangletop just leads you right back to the same painting you already saw and points at it like that lighthouse with the beam of ghosts and says, "Look, right there, you can see it makes a, a beam of ghosts." Mm, it's okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, go back across the bridge and go to the other room and take a look. You want to come to me, Mr. Muka, so you do not jump off that ledge again, my friend. You also see um, as as you guys go to leave and stuff, like Tangletop like waves by and then flies kind of off into the swamp, carrying its like oversized spyglass, um, and, and it kind of like flutters off into the distance and seems to be have left the area. Muka understands. So yeah, how you kind of go back over to the altar and your detect magic, just like before, gives a ping of something magical in the area. So I go start to search around all the different, okay. well, what, what, what is the most flamboyant or extravagant item in this area? The altar. I will By go far. over to the altar and look to see if I can find some opening, pushing the things, pulling the buttons. So you spend a good like 10, 15 minutes trying everything you can on this altar. And um, unfortunately you find nothing. Hmm, okay, so I don't seize nothing, but it is here. I know it. I mean, yeah, this takes 10 minutes, right? So I assume everyone probably makes their way over. And if everyone wants to like, we can keep making rolls until you succeed. And just the only thing that's happening is time's passing, right? You're only detecting magic at this altar, nowhere else around? When I walk around, uh, I go down here um, and I don't detect nothing. To the altar. And then I move back and mm, yeah, I detect something now. And when I go outside, I don't detect nothing. And when I come back in, yep, there it is again. Ooh, look mine at new Oh, I don't even know what <laughs> mine was. Ooh. Mukta and Lara. Oh, you did a secret one too? Yeah, I see. So you got a 22, new Lara. Oh. Mukta got a 24, and Clovis got a 16. So um, within this time, as you guys spend this 15 minutes overlapping, really narrowing it down to this thing, I'm gonna say like probably takes you to about 15 more minutes of time. Uh, eventually, between Mukta and Nulara, you do find that there's one stone on the northern side. It's like a secret panel that like, it looks like a stone, but it slides only if you like kind of put pressure on the right parts. And that's why it took so long. It was actually kind of hard. However, you slide it over and a secret panel reveals a sort of stash and there's a tiny scroll tucked in here and a wand. I don't know what these are for. And I look and see if the sun's going down. It looks like we're about 10 minutes from sunset or something. I do not want to uh, be here when the ghosts fly out of the night. Is there any traps that I've noticed in my search of this newfound cubby? Nope, no traps. Uh, I agree with you, Hello, Harmony. Uh, we've made our discovery. We found apparently your source of magic. And while we don't have the shiny, we have that pretty gem. Maybe we should head back. I, for one, want to take a bath. And you can, <laughs> Mukta, like, is now, now that we've found the thing, he's, like, preoccupying himself of, like, getting as much muck off of him as he can. Yeah. Okay. Everybody else want to head back? Yes. I, oh. I need to uh, patch a couple of these. And then she looks at the scars on her body. For sure. Okay. So yeah, so you, you go ahead and retrieve the, the wand and the scroll, right? Uh, it's not traps, you're able to take them. That allows you guys to sort of uh, head back. 
one of the things that like Rin had asked you to do is to come here like after dark just to see if there's any difference. Um, it we're, we're pretty much right at sunset. So do you guys want to just like go around and stand in the front at night and see like what happens or like what is or are you just going to go back and level up and say screw I'm not we're not sticking around in case the ghost jumps out and murders us. One of the peoples who was there says the ghosts fly out of the light is good enough for me. And we do have the paintings that we can describe to her yep. and a couple of information from TT. You could even walking. probably not easily but like take the photos off take take the big paintings off the wall and haul them back to town. It wasn't it wasn't capable for you to put them in your backpack, right? But you could just take one off the wall and carry it. It would be kind of Ooh. bulky, but even if you're going back a little slower, there's nothing to prevent you from doing it now that we're kind of going back to town. I think I'm gonna can I grab two paintings? Yeah. Which two did you want to take? I would like to take the second one that depicts the gauntlet, and then the fourth okay. one with this working woman dressed in a long green gown. Perfect. Also, uh, let's see, what languages do you guys speak? Because you're, you're now seeing the scrawling in the wall, right, Nulara? Oh, I saw that yeah. earlier. You saw that earlier. You can't, you don't speak it. That's right. When Mukta goes back with you, Nulara, to kind of like take a look at it, uh, Mukta recognizes the language. Uh, that's right. I speak Aklo, Common, Undercommon, and Soki. I cannot understand it. <laughs> this is actually Aklo, which is sort of that like serpent like underworld language kind of like an occult language of snakes um, I live in a swamp and oh, so yeah. what it says the the scratchings in the stonework next to the thing in common that says lady of the light it says you shall be avenged oh wow you understand this I do the the huh. traversing the deserts the caravans we sometimes come across people speak this language desert vipers and such I wonder who she serves because everything about these pictures these paintings they just they're so ominous you, sh you shall so. be avenged I serve you still uh, I think it's Belcora Belcora is, is that the name in the poem Belcora was the yes. name in the poem yes oh oh you're right Maybe this light, uh, I don't know. Uh, I serve you still. Ghosts coming out of beams sounds a bit like some sort of foul magic. Yeah? Like world domination, right. Reasonable. Well, well, good thing we're just here to look for information and not beat them. <laughs> Glad that swamp water didn't have shark with laser beams attached to their heads. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So as we gather up the paintings, then you'll argue, so you take two of the paintings. And the problem with the paintings is like, they're obviously very well made, but there are very like, they've been left to the elements for so long that they are, are a lot of their value in terms of being like fine art probably went out the window long ago. But in terms of like being an interesting historical artifact and relating to the gauntlet, there's probably some value attached, attached to these things for the right buyer, at least. Oh, could I just, you know, so that it doesn't look super conspicuous when we're walking into town. Can I just grab the canvas and roll it without destroying it? Yeah, you want to try to remove, like, kind of remove it from the frame so you can just roll it up? Uh, I look to Mukta. Mukta, you seem to have more, um, delicate, uh, more of a delicate touch than I do. I was hoping if maybe you could take the canvas outside of these frames so that we could just roll it and 
give it to Rin. Uh, I could try, but my luck has been shit tonight. <laughs> Why don't you give me, like, kind of assessing the, like, like, the sort of how sturdy these things and how easy that might be. Uh, why don't you give me a um, crafting check? Ah, yeah, no problem. You got this. Oh, yeah. So this should be quite easy. It, there's nothing about it. Like, it's obviously, you know, it, you just got to kind of remove it from the frame and roll it up with the right delicate touch. It's not going to cause any trouble at all. And you're pretty sure of that. I could use some of my thieves tools to, you know, kind of jimmy some places and pry open, you know, Okay. the frame. Why don't you give me a thievery roll? Good luck, my friends. That's not that actually guidance. Like, okay. There we go. <laughs> I was like, are you actually giving me guidance or are we just going back to that joke? Yep, you get a plus one status bonus to one skill check. So, yep. All right. Make that thievery check on the first painting. Yes. Very nice. So with the del- most delicate of hands, which which painting are you doing first? Because this is the first, whatever one you do first, you, you roll pretty good. Uh, she handed to me first. I had it. The second one is uh, the one with the gauntlet and the ghosts. So okay, so so you yeah, kind of like jimmy it loose, and you're very careful, and you roll it up, and it does not like disintegrate or tear or like crumble. Um, even though it's severely weathered, you have the magic touch, and you have a currently rolled up, much more easily concealable scroll, uh, sort of like canvas. But as you as you kind of feel it, like it does like start to crumble a bit around the edges and you can feel it like kind of decaying and like the mildew, like don't be rough with it, right? Like don't shove it in a backpack and expect it to be, to get back to town fine. Like as you handle it more, you realize it probably takes a little bit of care. And so if you want to do it on the second one, which is the painting of the woman, mm-hmm. give me another recheck for that as well. Still get guidance. The target is temporarily immune, so he yeah, can't that benefit. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Cool. So here's the problem on this one, right? Like you get most of it out, but this one is a lot, like it disintegrates a lot more. So getting it out of the frame in one solid clear piece is is a bit of a challenge, but you do manage to get, you know, roughly like 90% of this thing out. It, it kind of frays at the bottom, a big chunk of it sort of like decays away, but you still get like a good sense the painting you still got a good look at her face and the upper torso and stuff so it's not as clean a job as last time probably lost some of its value you still got a serviceable canvas rolled up it should be easier to carry i would advise not to carry them in any of our packs uh, as they're quite delicate these will need to be handled with care also, like when you guys were in here, right, and Mukta's taking some time to like get the paintings and stuff like that. There were two other doors in that room. I don't know if anyone ever actually checked them out or uh, if anyone would want to use this time to check them out just so you, I don't want to like force you to, but if, if there's some downtime and you want to see what's behind those doors, we can do that or we can just come back at level two and be safer. I know you're a curious one, uh, Mukta. I think it's time to go when he looks at the fading sunset. I do not want to mm-hmm. be here when we get shot with the ghost laser beam. Laser? You said it. I did not. <laughs> Ghostly light. Ghostly beam. So um, we, assuming that you all heed that warning, then we can go ahead and, and kind of do our montage back to Otari. Because the gauntlet, the, the lighthouse is in view for quite a while on your walk back to town. Like from town, it's not completely visible with the swamp in the distance. But as you're walking away, it's visible for quite a while because it goes like 100 and something feet above the keep. And as the sun does go down and it becomes like darker here, you do indeed watch as like sort of the, the, the pale light becomes to be much more apparent in the lighthouse. 
uh, I wouldn't say like a ghostly beam like in the painting where it was like shooting ghosts out. Uh, you don't see anything like that. But from this distance at the lighthouse, like with no sunlight on it, it very obviously has a pretty clear blue glow right at the top of that lighthouse where you guys were before. Much like that picture that I shared with you guys before. And I am go. to get out of here. The blue glow is like super apparent and anyone that would doubt that this lighthouse was glowing in the daylight, you're there's no doubt in your mind anymore. This thing is activated, whatever that means. And so we make our way back to Otari. It passes uneventfully for you guys up the path back in. And when you first come to Otari, you step out of like the swamp just in the edge. And yeah, you guys all kind of look at each other. What is your guys's sort of plan? I know just the night before you guys had all. So the one, the the rowdy rockfish is down here, and that's that's where you guys currently have your little base of operations set up. But yeah, you guys all kind of like emerge from the the swampiness back into a sense of civilization. Uh, you know, the the town has shut down for the night. It's a very early rising town. They get up cr like even before dawn to start like getting ready for their lumbering work. And they are all back in town and kind of like winding down by sunset. Should we probably um, relay the information that we got to Rin before heading to mm. the Rowdy Rockfish? Or? We should get cleaned up before we go see mm. Rin. Uh, if they don't have a bath for you, maybe you can jump in the uh, bay or in the oh. river before we go to see Rin. All right. Well, if you guys don't mind, I'd, I'd actually like to... Um, I'll meet up with you at the Rockfish, but I have to pass by the cemetery for a little bit. I side-eye Nulara again? Yeah. Okay. I'll be quick, I promise. We'll have dinner waiting for you. Of course, unless you have dinner at the uh, graveyard. Nah. <laughs> they don't serve anything there. Okay. I'll meet up with you guys. That was just a test, and you passed. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then. so so Nulara kind of splits, because like, you kind of come up here, right, in the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like that stone ring pond up at the top of the hill, and then the road splits left and right, one towards the graveyard, the other one kind of goes back around to town. So I guess Nulara kind of splits off on her own at this point and heads towards the graveyard. What about Clovis and Mukta and Hal? I don't know, guys. I'm going to the rockfish. I'm a little wounded. I kind of fell on my uh, pride. I mean, I fell on my side when I uh, fell down. So uh, I want to go get cleaned up and uh, make sure I'm uh, ready to go. The, you're, you're staying at the Rowdy Rockfish, yes? Yes. I was staying at the Crook's Nook, but I only booked one night. Uh, I tend to, you know, go night by night. I never know where my path might take me. If... You don't mind company. I would not mind joining you for a little bit of rest before we make our way to our mutual friend, Rin. If you don't mind the music, I'm going to play the music later. Hopefully I can get a free room like our old friend before she left. But yeah, please, that would be great. Come with me. Tell me all about your journey. Well, if you're going to play music, then you definitely can't get rid of me now. <laughs> uh, what about you, Clovis? I'll, uh, I will tag along with you guys if uh, you are cool with that. It's a party. Indeed. I'd also like to uh, get some food and listen to some music. But like I, like uh, you said, Hal, if they don't have a bath, I think I will take a dip in the river. Indeed. There, you must, 
there's definitely a bathhouse here somewhere. If you guys would like to swing by a bathhouse and actually get cleaned up. That definitely does that. For sure. Yeah. You probably need it the most. So the the group splits, right? And like three of you guys head the long way into town and then Nulara kind of walks towards the graveyard and like the camera of the like the movie we're watching kind of like drifts and follows Nulara kind of back towards the graveyard. So what do we see Nulara doing? Uh, so having I... dinner amongst the dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By yourself. Having tea. So I walk back to the uh, the mausoleum at the far uh, the farthest corner of the graveyard uh, mm-hmm. that I've been using as my home before we got the uh, rowdy rockfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I set my backpack down for a little bit, and then um, unknot the shoulder uh, the knots on my shoulders. I look in the corners and then uh, just focus on one corner and say, I know I've been asking you what purpose I have, but I feel that slowly I'm getting an idea. It's pretty big. And to be honest, I'm not sure I could handle it. For now, though, I think what's bringing me comfort is the most immediate I think that I could see is making sure that these people are protected. I just need and, you to tell me why you brought me back. And then I wait. Yeah. And you've been doing this for a little while. And, and mm-hmm. most of the time, as a like 99% of the time, you, do, you don't even get any sense that anything's there. But tonight, as you reach out, you do get a sort of, it, it's not really a voice as much as it's like a feeling that's conveying emotion and sort of like directly talking from within you almost. But while that like feeling is like kind of in your heart, you do out of the corner of your eye feel like there is sort of a presence there in the corner watching being here with you. At some point you have to talk to me. You brought me back. Then I look to that corner where I thought I saw her. Yep. And the minute you like shift your sort of like vision to the corner where you see it and you put your focus on there, it's like gone. And then you feel like it's only ever visible on the corner of your eyes whenever wherever you're not looking. It's just on the edge of your vision in the kind of an annoying fashion. <sighs> and there is a sort of like low voice that speaks and it's it tells you, didn't it feel good today? You helped a spirit break free of its bond. Two, in fact. It did. But also, I felt very confused because we just walked in there and killed anything that we saw. It didn't feel like it meant anything. It meant something to the spirits, those that had been trapped within that temple for who knows how long. Would you know what what they are? Do you think Rin would have the, the answers for them, or...? Or do you just wait and see? Something within this lighthouse is binding these spirits into its service. Something even I cannot see. And I do not know the purpose. But you ask why I brought you back, Nulara? It is for this. To free these spirits that have been trapped in the gauntlet. To find out what they're being used for. I don't feel I'm strong enough. A companion of mine just died. Or almost died. With one hit. And that's just one 
one creature, the, the doll that we met, it spoke of many more, and the paintings that we saw spoke of many, many more ghosts. If, if one creature was able to just outright bring a man unconscious, <laughs> I have no idea how we can defeat this thing. Or free them for what, from, from whatever it is that binds them. You will grow stronger. I will watch over you. But this must be done. This is, this is your burden. Oh, that's comforting. <sighs> All right, well, I did promise Al that I'll be back quickly. Well, thank you. I'll see you again.